0: Wow, he is risen. And because he's risen, we can live for all of eternity. Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave. Thereby you and I can have life and have it more abundantly. I don't know about you, okay? But I would think that would make you want to just shout just a little bit. I mean, when you think about it. It's okay. I know you're in a Baptist church, okay? Let me say this to you. It's okay. All right, it is, it is all right for us to praise him for what he's done for us. I mean, it's been a busy week. Uh, we started last Sunday morning with a triumphal entry. Um, we shared the Lord's Supper together last Sunday night. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday... We walk through the very Passion Week of Jesus Christ and all of the aspects uh, from his life as he met in the upper room with the twelve and as he had to deliver the message that one of them at the table was going to betray him uh, that night. And then, of course, there's Peter, Jesus having to look at Peter and said that he was going to deny him as well. And then as we move from that upper room and that last supper, we moved into the Garden of Gethsemane as Jesus prayed there in the garden. And as he began to contemplate and consider the next hours and what would take place. And then we have the crucifixion. And let me say this to you this morning. If there would have been nothing but a triumphal entry, then you and I would have no hope today. Absolutely zero. Just because he rode into the city of Jerusalem would not have accomplished what was necessary. If all it would have been would have been a gathering in the upper room on that night as they shared Passover together, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread as they shared Passover together, we'd still be without hope. And there were crucifixions. Jesus Christ was crucified, hung on a Roman cross, beaten beyond recognition. But if he would have still been there, you and I would have no hope today. And Joseph of Arimathea, a fairly wealthy man, went to Pilate and begged Pilate for Jesus' body and Joseph of Arimathea went and buried him or allowed him to be placed inside of a tomb that belonged to him. Now, let me say this to you this morning. He didn't need a permanent tomb because he wasn't going to be there long. Okay, But he was placed inside of a borrowed tomb just as the prophets had said would occur. And three days later, let me say this to you. He bodily walked out of the tomb. Not as a spirit. He bodily walked out. Scars are still in his hands. Prints are still in his feet. And he bodily walked out of that tomb. Different? Yes. Why? So that you and I could have a hope of an eternal home with Him. So, what is the significance of the resurrection? I mean, what is what is other than that? I mean, that is that is the point that we often say. As a matter of fact, all of Christianity is, hinges on that fact. But what is what is so important about the resurrection? I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to First Corinthians chapter fifteen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where we will be for the majority of the time this morning, but we will also be in Acts chapter number 2. So if you want to go ahead and stick a finger in 1 Corinthians 15, then go to Acts chapter number 2. That's where we will be as well. So what is the significance of the resurrection is a common question. It's not a question that is not still asked today. Matter of fact, there are many who ask questions concerning the resurrection Why was it so important? Why did a resurrection have to occur? What if Jesus would have still been in the tomb? And one of the other things we said, the resurrection is what sets Christianity apart from all of the other world religions is because you can still go to the tombs of all of those who are given credit for that particular religion, and guess what? They're still there. But for Christianity, when you go to the tomb, it's empty. And just the way it was prophesied, Jesus said that it would occur and so there were common response that is given by pretty much everybody it's the foundation upon which the Christian faith is built but Acts chapter number two I want you to notice is Peter stands to preach now I want you to understand Peter now is going to stand to deliver this message we are post Calvary we are post ascension in other words the Crucifixion and the resurrection has already occurred. Jesus Christ has already ascended to the right hand of the Father. Peter is now going to stand and preach during one of the times of feast, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem. So there are, there are millions of people that are there in Jerusalem, and Peter is going to stand to preach. And as he does, when we come to verse 22 through verse 28, I want you to notice... What Peter says he says men of Israel he says listen to these words Jesus the Nazarene a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst just as you yourselves know this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God You nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exulted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope because you will not abandon my soul to Hades nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. and You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Verse 29. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. In other words, David is still in the grave. David is still in the tomb. But we drop down to verse 32. And I want you to notice what Peter, sorry, what Peter preaches here. This Jesus, God raised up again, and notice what he says to which we are all witnesses. Not just Peter. Secular historians have recorded for us the crucifixion and the resurrection of an empty tomb and the stir that took place in the city of Jerusalem after the resurrection. And Peter, what he does here, he stresses the significance of the resurrection and referred to this Old Testament text of Psalm, chapter 16, verse 8 through verse 11. Prophesied that it would occur. Prophesied just the way that it would happen. Prophesied down to it being a borrowed tomb. All prophesied by the Old Testament prophets that this day was going to occur. Even after all of the evidence, and even after everything is there, There are still many critical scholars and others who will admit to a historical fact that there is an empty tomb, but unfortunately, they still do not agree to Jesus Christ walking out of that grave. So what happened to him? So where is he? What took place? Let me say this to you this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is recorded by all four of the gospel accounts. Each one of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all record the resurrection. But what happened? Well, just hold your place in 1 Corinthians 15. We are coming there, okay? But you know, generally with something like this, there must always be a cover-up. And guess what? there was because I have a question for you how do you handle this empty tomb especially from the religious leaders how do you handle the question of that stone not being in front any longer how do you handle the fact that Jesus Christ is no longer there so what do you do well, let's go back to Matthew 28. Recorded by Matthew is exactly what occurred. Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 11. I can tell you the chief priests had a lot of explaining to do. So, how are they going to handle that? How are they going to issue, or how are they going to handle the issue? that there is an empty tomb. Well, Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 11. Notice, as Matthew records for us now, while they were on their way, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, had to have a meeting. Got to figure out what we're going to do. Here's the best way to handle it. We'll just pay them off. So guess what they did? They provided a large sum of money to the soldiers. Jesus Christ betrayed by 30 pieces of silver, which was the cost for a for a domestic servant or a slave. And now the resurrection in this empty tomb is now going to be paid off by a large sum of money to the soldiers to do what? Well, the next verse verse 13 and said you're to say this his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep and if this should come to the governor's ears we will win him over and keep you out in other words don't worry about it if it gets back to the governor we'll protect you we'll take care of you there's not a problem here don't worry about just do what we've asked you to do So verse 15, And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Hey, you got to kind of look at it from this perspective. Let me just say this to you. The disciples had nothing to gain by staging some far-fetched hoax nothing he gained from it what in the world would they possibly what in the world could they possibly gain from coming up with a hoax about what happened to this one named jesus the one that they had followed the one that they had left everything behind and at this point in time up to this time at the, after the crucifixion at the time of his resurrection before the ascension i mean concerned for their own life of what was going to take place. I mean, what, what, what in the world would you gain by staging some sort of hoax? Well, the Apostle Paul is going to issue a very strong warning about the consequences that would result if there were no resurrection. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but do you understand if there was no resurrection then my dear friend, we all might as well go home. Because I have a question for you. So what in the world are we doing gathering here? Why are we singing a song the choir sang this morning such as Mercy Tree? Why in the world would we sing a song, a hymn this morning like He Lives or Crown Him with Many Crowns? I mean, why why would we do that if He did not rise from the grave? Why are we even here? Well, Paul goes through and lays it all out for us, beginning in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want you to notice as Paul writes, he said, Now if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, then how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Why does that happen? Why would that be? And I want you to notice the significance of what Paul just asked. If he has preached that he has been raised from the dead, then how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead... That not even Christ has been raised. See, the Sadducees themselves did not believe in the resurrection. A matter of fact, the Sadducees held to it that there is, there is no resurrection. And so the question, even by the church at Corinth and the church at Thessalonica, there were always questions concerning this thought, this teaching of resurrection. So is there such thing as a resurrection? Verse 14. And so, and if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is vain and your faith also is vain moreover we're even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised for if the dead are not raised not even Christ has been raised and if Christ has not been raised your faith is worthless you're still in your sins, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. I believe there are four absolutely pillars when it comes to the resurrection. And those warnings Paul is going to give us here. So beginning in verse 14, I want you to notice the first one with me. If there was no resurrection, if there is no resurrection, so the very first consequence would be this, is the fact that the gospel would be lifeless. The gospel would be lifeless. The gospel would have no life to it. Why would it have no life to it? Because the life giver is dead. The one who gives life. The one who brings life. The one who brings life to this gospel. The gospel is about this life. It's Jesus Christ. But I also want you to consider something else. Look at verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 15. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. But I want you to notice the next part of that. Your faith is also vain. Your faith would be useless. Why? Since the object of that faith then is a dead man. Put life is there. If Jesus Christ is dead, then I have to tell you this, your faith is dead. And not only is your faith dead, but everything, the preaching that we do and teaching that we do week after week, are you ready for this? It's dead as well. There's no life there. The life of the gospel is gone. So I have a simple question for you. If that's the case and there is no resurrection and Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave, then what in the world are we doing here? why are we here that's the question that we have to ask ourselves do we live in light of the resurrection do we live in light of that life-giving life that came forth out of that tomb when jesus christ walked out of the tomb does it, does it motivate us? Does it encourage us? Does it cause us to have a desire to serve him more today because of what he did for us on the cross of Calvary? My dear friend, if he was still in the grave, you and I today would have absolutely no hope. None. Number two, it's in verse 15 through verse 16. Very simple, if there is no resurrection, then the apostles of the church would turn out to be absolutely nothing more than fraud spreading a lie. You ready for this? If there is no resurrection, then you sitting here listening to me makes me an absolute fraud and makes you sitting there participating in a lie I mean that is that, that okay that's how serious this issue is that's how serious the matter of the resurrection is it would make me to be a fraud and every one of you that are sitting in this auditorium that have shared the gospel with someone and had the opportunity to see them place their trust and faith in this one called Jesus Christ do you understand all of those at the end of the day have absolutely no hope so guess what That makes every one of us a fraud. And it makes everyone who have accepted the message to believe a lie. And guess what they have? They're no better off now than they were before they heard it. So verse 15 and verse 16, notice what Paul writes here. He said, moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God. Because we testified against God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. Verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, if there is no resurrection, then not even Jesus Christ Himself has been raised. That's the significance of the resurrection. That's just two things. Are you ready for number three? Here comes number three then therefore, if there is no resurrection, then our salvation is only a state of mind. Basically empty and without any results at all. No results. So we strive and try to live the very best that we can, living by a set of words written down in some book. And oh, by the way, if Jesus Christ did not raise and did not rise from the grave, then what in the world are we even doing reading this book? Because let me tell you what it does, it turns, makes God out to be a liar. See, that's how simple it is, but yet so profound. You know, the resurrection, it's, and, and, here's, and here's the interesting thing about it. We take one time of the year to celebrate the resurrection. You ready for this? We ought to celebrate it every single day. Because it's only because of the resurrection that you and I even have a blessed hope. That we even have the possibility of one day being able to spend all of eternity with him. It would only be a state of mind. Empty without results. Look at verse 17. Notice what Paul writes. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. Matter of fact, guess what? You're still in your sins. You're still in your sins. Nothing's been taken care of. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brought about for us what was necessary. And my dear friend, if there is no resurrection of the perfect Lamb of God, the sacrifice once and for all, seated at the right hand of God. If none of that is true, then everyone of you this morning, including myself and all of those who are listening via live stream, we're all still in our sin, and our faith is worthless. It is. Let me ask you a question this morning. What's the ob- who's the object of your faith? Think about this. Who's the object of your faith? Is the resurrection important? You better bet you it is. Simply from the standpoint, well, you know, Christianity hinges on that. My dear friend, listen, it's it's deeper than that. It is much deeper than that. Number four. I want you to think about this. Death would be the end. You know, there are, there are some today who teach annihilation. In other words, when you die and you are put into the grave, that's it. That's all that there is. There's nothing else past that. I would hate to know that that's what life was all about. I would absolutely hate to know that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when I die, it's over. There's nothing else after that. Then I have a question for you. What in the world is the purpose of living? What is the purpose of living if there is no purpose of dying? What is the purpose of living if there is no life after death in Jesus Christ? What is is the purpose of living? There is none. Absolutely zero. And I will say this to you this morning. If that is in case... The fact that Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave and when it's all said and done and we die, that's it, the grave is the final place for us, then I just might as well tell you right now, we might as well all leave here and get everything we can possibly get out of life here. But I tell you this. But the resurrection is true. Death would be the end and the sting of death would still be present. Look at verse 18. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. You've perished. You've perished. You know, I was noticing, we were singing that song this morning, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Let me ask you a question. Is that the reason you can face tomorrow is because he lives? I want to ask you a simple question. What does Jesus mean to you? Is he just a good teacher? Is he just someone who walked on the face of the earth and we all meet together week after week to to worship him? Is he more than that to you? Is he a risen savior to you? Is he the Prince of Peace? Is he the Lord of Lords? Is he is he the King of Kings? Is he the Counselor? Is he Emmanuel, God with us? Is, is he all of those things? All of this week? As I've been through all of the passages of Scripture, as I've carefully considered. Matter of fact, even the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us in his very is very clear when we consider who he is and all of the things that he has done for us. And when we come to this time Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 3 you don't need to turn there this morning but here's what it says for consider him consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith my dear friend listen to me the one who rose from the grave the one who walked forth out of that tomb bodily for you and I we can fix our eyes on him knowing that he endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the father tonight so that we don't have to lose hope I don't know about you but it's been a tough few years. You ready for this? But it doesn't even begin to compare. The struggles of this life don't even compare to what lies ahead for those who trust Him. see if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead then the gospel would be lifeless the apostles would have turned out to be nothing more than frauds speaking a lie salvation would only be a state of mind it would be empty without results and death would be the end and the sting of death would still be present and let me say this to you this morning there would be no purpose to living Then it would then be a true statement that the cross was nothing more than foolishness. C.S. Lewis made an interesting statement. Speaking of Jesus, here's what he wrote. He has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man he has met fought and beaten the king of death everything is different because he has done so see Satan figured it was over Satan just knew the victory had been won Jesus was dead and oh by the way, let me let me make another statement to you this morning. He did not just become unconscious. He was not placed into a cool tomb where he in a few hours resumed his consciousness. The scripture says that Jesus as he lifted his eyes toward heaven, And when the final moments of him hanging on the cross, as he cried out to his father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. He died. He physically died. It is finished. It's over. It's done. Satan just knew it was over. I've won but hold on three days later he walked out of that tomb victorious over death hell and the grave that's who he is that's who he is I have a question for I have a question for you today I have a question for you do you you know him? Do, do you know him? from all of the pain and the agony of the cross the victory over death the victor of life itself let me ask you a question today do you know him? Do you know him personally? Do you know this one who gave his life? And oh, by the way, just so you'll know, Jesus himself gave his life. Don't ever think, don't ever think for a moment that man took it from him. He gave it. And he said, just as I give my life, I have the power to raise it back up again. Matter of fact, he told Pilate, he said, you wouldn't even be at this point in this place or have this power unless it was given to you. It's who he is. My question to you today on this Easter celebration, and I know many of us are going to leave this place this morning. We're going to go home then all of the festivities are going to take place this afternoon and tonight but let me ask you a question do you know him today do you know this one who rose from the grave do you know him personally today do you know jesus christ as your personal savior today if you don't let me plead with you for just a moment if you don't the Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart and this longing in your heart to know Him, please do not please do not turn that way in just a moment we're going to have a time of invitation for you for you to be able to meet this one who rose from the grave I'm going to ask you to stand together with me as we have a time of invitation this morning and As God speaks to your heart, as the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart through His Word, I would encourage you this morning to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit.